It is Matt Mosley show, ESPN Central Texas. Getting you ready. Baylor football Saturday, college football schedule. Florida State with a big game. And, uh, boy, a big fan of Florida State and alum. John Mashota joining us now, uh, Cowboys beat writer for The Athletic. And, uh, John, this is uh, this is uh, cut down day, always interesting. It seemingly, uh, this has been a day in the, in, in the past. I felt like it always happened on a, on a Saturday. Here it is, um, uh, everybody trimming down on a, uh, on a Tuesday. Uh, first of all, thanks for being with us. And, uh, and second of all, did, uh, it doesn't really, from, from the tenor of your tweets, I don't think you've done so many of these projections, I don't think anything caught you too much by surprise, did it? I mean, not really, just because it's not really – it's not like how it used to be. They can do things with the roster where they can let guys go that they're going to sign them back two days later that they didn't used to do with these vested veterans. So, yeah, I mean, I, didn't, I obviously didn't expect them to cut both Cooper Rush and Will Greer, but chances are they're going to have both of them back on the roster, probably Cooper Rush on, on the 53 and then Will Greer on the practice squad. So, yeah, I didn't expect them to only have one quarterback, but it's also like it's not like what the roster is today means that's what's going to be week one. They're not going to go into the Tampa Bay game with only Dak Prescott as their quarterback. So no, I mean the same thing with Brett Maher. Like you know he was released today. He's going to be their kicker. So it's not like I don't know. It's not as much fun. So I try and in one of those projections, I always try and do at least one of what I think will be their their roster on week one because that's what it really matters as opposed to today where they're just trying to clear some guys out of the way so they can move them over to IR. But, no, to answer your original question, no, they're not uh, – there's not any big surprises out of this list. You know, who of those practice squad candidates, uh, Malik Davis kind of liked him. I, I, I know he and um, uh, was kind of in the mix. And, boy, I like Shampkin, too, and sadly he got hurt, and that's an injury settlement with him. But Davis put his head down. I guess it was at Rams preseason game. And and ran over. Uh, in fact, it was um, J.T. Woods, I think, the rookie safety out of Baylor. I like some things that Malik Davis uh, did. Sounds like uh, you think he's a practice squad candidate. Which of those um, practice squad guys do you feel like had the best camps and and truly could be of service uh, down down the line as more than just kind of uh, can't you know uh, practice bodies. So Malik Davis is a good one. That would be probably the, the top guy in terms of especially the undrafted guys. I thought he had a really good shot to make the team. They ended up going with Rico Dowdle mainly because he's more experienced. He knows the offense more. I don't know that he had that much of a better camp or preseason than Malik Davis. I thought it was pretty close, but I, I'd probably give Malik Davis the edge. So he would certainly be a guy there. Um, in terms of other players on, on the team, a lot of the guys that I thought were in that and kind of in that group that you would talk about, a lot of them ended up making the team. I mean, you have undrafted guys in Peyton Hendershot, the tight end out of Indiana. I mean, going into camp, there's no way I thought Peyton Hendershot was going to make the team, and he made it over Sean McCune. So Sean McCune's a guy that will probably go over to the practice squad. Um, he's a guy that I thought for sure would be on, on the 53, and so uh, he ends up making it. Um, and then another guy would be the undrafted uh, 
rookie free agent uh, Marquise Bell, the safety, who there were some rumblings going into camp that he had a really good chance. I mean, he was one of those guys that they gave. He was the guy they gave the most amount of money to out of the undrafted rookie free agents. But so he ended up making the team. Uh, So there's not a ton of guys that were like undrafted. Devin Harper, uh, a linebacker who was one of the bottom, uh, one of their last draft picks in in the sixth round. I thought he was going to be on the bubble between him and Luke Gifford. He ends up making the team. So uh, same thing, John Ridgeway, the fifth round pick, the defensive tackle at Arkansas. I mean, you know, Mike McCarthy always talked this entire training camp about how they're going to be draft and develop, draft and develop. Well, they certainly went with a lot of their younger guys. So a lot of those guys ended up being on this 53. I mean, one of those examples with Ridgeway, you know, that's the kind of a guy where you're like, are they going to go with the young Ridgeway? Or are they going to go with Carlos Watkins, a veteran who he's been a defensive tackle in the league for a while. He, he's made some plays uh, and they ended up going with Ridgeway. They ended up going younger. So, Outside of Malik Davis, there's not a ton of guys that will be on the practice squad, uh, rookie-wise young players, that, that I really think that – I mean, you talk about some of these young defensive backs, they don't got a chance to make it onto this onto the main squad. There's just too many good young players. They're not going to get in there over Deron Bland or, or even a Nashawn Wright or, or Calvin Joseph. Same thing at safety. There's not going to be a young safety that, that gets on the team over uh, over Bell or, or over Israel Mukwamu. So uh, they've really – their depth is a lot of young guys. So a lot of those practice squad guys, unless there's just a rash of injuries, there's not going to be many that they're going to be pulling up uh, onto the 53. John Mishota from uh, the athletic joining us on the Matt Mosley show, ESPN central Texas Cowboys love a player who uh, loses his helmet in a game. And uh, it, it just, you could tell Peyton Hender shot the other day. It was like a seal, seal the deal. I mean, that, that was a tough. And then, of course, the touchdown run. And, and, and that is when we were out at camp, John, you and I were putting our trained eyes on some of these people. We were just kind of starting to see Hender shot do a couple things. But, of course, the pads hadn't come on yet. And it is remarkable that he played his way onto the team. Now, John, as we get closer to the season opener, are you starting to believe that the Cowboys are really going to try to get this thing done with Tyler Smith? I mean, I, I, I do find it funny that he was not going to – it didn't look like he was going to win that uh, job at left guard. And now you've got Jerry and Steven saying, well, we took him in the first round for a reason. I mean, we, we generally like those guys to step in and start immediately. So here's an opportunity for him out at left tackle. I, those kind of comments scare you about the what kind of situation this guy could be put in early in his career. Have you? Do you have any reason to kind of like feel okay about him, other than the fact that he did this in college and did it pretty well? Well, I don't feel great about it. If I'm in Jerry's spot, I'm adding some type of veteran offensive uh-huh. tackle. And I don't mean it just can be a backup. I mean someone that you can plug in and, and, and maybe start for a year and, and let Tyler Smith kind of come along. But I don't get the sense from Jerry or Steven over the last few days that that is their plan at all. Their plan is to go on with, with Tyler Smith. And like I mentioned, the Mike McCarthy draft and develop, the Cowboys have completely embraced this. And in a way, I have no way to prove this, but I just really get the feeling like Jerry's just like angry still at the way the season ended last year. So he's just taking it out on everybody. It's like he's, he's going to cut ties with Amari Cooper and Lyle Collins and, and Randy Gregory. And he's not even going to go out of his way to replace them with anybody significant in free agency or via trade. It's like, we're just going to draft what we get and so be it. That's just what we're going to have to work with. And we're just going to go with that. And it just, it's just a strange thing when it's like the obvious one is, 
you look at to see what the Rams did, and they obviously went all in, and they win the Super Bowl. So I get that that looks like, man, that's kind of the new hot thing to do. So I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say they need to go full Rams, okay? But just look at their biggest rival in the NFC East and the Eagles. Like, their entire offseason is completely opposite of the Cowboys. Like, they've set themselves up. They make moves. They make trades. They'll sign some free agents to fill some holes. Today, they go and make a move for, for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I mean, they've they well, at least they are aggressive. There's no questioning that they're going to try and win. Now, of course, if Jalen Hurst doesn't work out, then they have to go in another direction there. But they also have draft capital coming up, or they can use that for another quarter. But like, there's an aggressiveness there that you know that they're that they're trying. They're going all. In. You don't get to that at all from the Cowboys. And and no. just going with Tyler Smith right right now is just another sign of it. We, we, we've arrived at the point where we're like, why can't Jerry be more like Howie Roseman? I never thought we would be here, but uh, Roseman, as you said, does have assets, and uh, the Eagles are trying to get things done, and that, that's an interesting way to look at it. Jerry's comments about we're going to have to run more than we have in recent years, and oh, by the way, we're going to lean on Zeke. Boy, it, it, it is a, it, we do accuse him sometimes of living in the past. You, you just were doing it a, a minute ago. What's crazy is McCarthy is not a guy with the reputation of leaning on the run game. He never did it in Green Bay. In fact, I think they were top 20 or 25 in the run game. It was extremely rare when that would take place. I mean, do you find that somewhat dubious when Jerry makes comments like that, knowing that this head coach is not really wired that way. Well, I don't even know that it – I honestly don't know if that even matters as much as the fact of just look at your roster. Like, yeah, you can sit there and run the football and be a run-first team when you have Tyron Smith in the prime of his career, Zach Martin in the prime of his career, Travis Frederick in the prime of his career, those offensive lines that they had in the 90s. I get that. What about your offensive line makes you think that you're going to be this run-heavy team? Sure, you can go into week one saying that you're going to be a run-heavy team. And after, I don't know, a series or two where the Bucks completely shut down the run because you don't have the guys up front to run the ball, like, well, then now what are you? So, I mean, you can say that right now that you're a run-first team. And if the run works, yeah, they'll stick with it. If Zeke stays healthy and Tony Pollard stays healthy and the offensive line is better, let's say, running, run blocking than, than pass blocking, then, yeah, maybe you can be the run-first team that you say you are. But there's a decent chance with how much unproven starters you have on this offensive line that you can't really say at all what you are right now. How, how do you really even know what Tyler Smith's going to be for you? You really don't. So how do you know how Connor McGovern's going to be starting for a full game? I mean, you've had problems in the past with Tyler Biotish. You've only really only had Terrence Steele for a full season. So you only have Zach Martin that you really can count. On. So you can say you're a run team, but if your offensive line isn't providing any space for you to run i don't know how you're going to be a run team you you basically you, yeah i i agree and you need your defense to even kind of hang in there you need your defense to be great and and they put up huge numbers last year but i mean i i think they're getting in their heads that micah parsons needs to have like three or four sacks a game and while we're getting used to seeing him do amazing things and he looks great in these joint practices it's a lot to ask from a second-year player. Do I hear you saying that if you had to pick the, the NFC East right now, would you move the Eagles 
in front of the Cowboys, or do you still think the Cowboys have enough talent to, to hold off the Eagles in terms of who wins the division? Well, I mean, I think it's close. I, think, I mean, I certainly think the division comes down to those two teams. But, no, I've moved the Eagles ahead of the Cowboys now. If it, if they're not going to go out and add anybody else, that wide receiver uh, on the offensive line, I, I, I mean, Dak is certainly better than Jalen Hurts. I don't think there's any question about that. He's what gives you the advantage. But, I mean, you look at everything that the Eagles have done recently and how little the Cowboys have done over the last few months, and I don't know how you don't have the Eagles at least as a slight favorite uh, right now to win this division. Of course, hey, if Jalen Hurts is awful, well, it's going to be hard to overcome. I don't care how talented you are. It'll be hard to overcome a bad quarterback play. But if he's at least serviceable, if he's at least just middle of the pack solid, let's say he ends up you know, looking like he's like maybe top 15 to 17 quarterback, I don't know how you're not picking pick the Eagles to win this division unless, unless the Cowboys do like they did in 2018 where they went into, into the season – you know, we all sat here and we're like scratching our heads like, is this wide receiver by committee with Alan Hearns and Deontay Thompson and Terrence Williams and Cole Beasley going to work? And then about, you know, five, six weeks in the season, they're just like, yeah, we can't do this. And then they made the trade for Amari Cooper. So that, that's possible. If they make a move to, to upgrade the roster sometime between now and uh, during the season or something that was a significant move like that, that would change things. But as the roster sit right now, you no, know, I have the Eagles winning the NFC East. All right, and uh, are you are you feeling okay about uh, Florida State as we get this season started? <laughs> no, and by the way, I'm not an alum. I didn't go there. I went to Wayne State in Detroit. I'm just a Florida State football fan, but uh, I'm, I'm not. I don't feel great about it, but I felt good enough to you know get a hotel and a ticket to go to New Orleans on Sunday to see them play LSU. So I got that you know where I'm I'm believing early on, but. I could see things unraveling pretty quickly. I certainly don't expect them to win Sunday night, but I'm going there for support. When I call you a Florida State alum, just go with it. I mean, you've invested enough in travel and in like clothing and everything to be, we call it at Baylor, alumni by choice. All right. So just you can go with it. I mean, I, 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 you don't have to show your Wayne State pride, but I'm glad that you did. Uh, but uh, oh, hey, John- Florida State, if Wayne State. <laughs> Wayne State ever got to the level where, let's say, they became like a Boise State or this like up and comer where they could actually hang with the big boys, and they played Florida State, I would root for Florida State to win by fifty. There's, I have no loyalty to the Wayne State football program. I am diehard Florida State football. I'll say that right now. Oh man! By the way, the Bears have Albany coming in. You remember Albany? That's where the Giants used to work out. And uh, so you, you Albany, when the Great Danes show up. Uh, you you got to watch out. So the Bears uh, Bears hoping to survive that contest on Saturday. Yeah, I mean you know how it is. You went to Baylor. It's it's different if you go to that school. You feel that loyalty to the athletic program and things, especially when it's a major D one program in football and basketball. But like when you go Wayne State's like a commuter school. You know, I mean I didn't go to outside of having to cover some games for the school newspaper. Like I, there was no really like pulling for the team and going to games and stuff like that. Like I, I've been a Florida state football fan since I was like eight or nine, you know I mean? That's not going to, that's just not going to change. There's not enough there. Was it like the uh, sitcom community in any ways? Did you, did you have similar experiences? Did you watch that sitcom? <laughs> I, I, I didn't. Okay. Yeah. You might want to catch up on that. It's pretty funny, but uh, John always fun. And uh, uh, glad you were able to, uh, 
uh, provide us with all those projections, cut down day across the NFL. I thought of you because uh, you love a good projection. And uh, from what I could tell, you had at least two or three more correct than Todd Archer. And I just want to congratulate you on that. (laughs) I appreciate that, Matt. Thank you. All right, there he goes. Uh, thank you, John. John Machoda from uh, The Athletic covers the uh, NFL, covers the Cowboys in particular. Always fun to have him on and visit with him. Now, 